Welcome to the Mark and Lila Love Broadway Podcast. I'm Mark. I've been a fan of musical theater since I was a little kid. Seeing shows on Broadway, listening to original cast recordings on cassette, and performing in community theater. I'm Lila, and I love musical theater, but I'm a newbie. The theater bug bit me late in life, but boy, did it bite me. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and let's talk Broadway. Hello, and welcome to the latest installment of Mark and Lila of Broadway. I'm Mark. I'm Lila. And we think Broadway musicals are totally tubular. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back to 1983, and I'm, I'm in all the feels, Mark. Absolutely. Well, we are discussing... Uh, Something 80s related, which we'll just get to in a little bit, so I just thought I'd be cute and funny. Well, we begin each episode um, sharing something that we did interesting, fun, or musical theater related during the week. Um, What do you have to share with us, Lila? So, I saw last week um, some films um, that were here for the USA Film Festival. It's a spring festival, and it runs for about five days every April. And I saw three amazing documentaries. One of them was about Judy Bloom, our favorite author when we were all young kids, and it was called Judy Bloom Forever, and it is available on Amazon Prime. I watched it. You did watch yes, it, and it's great. It's, and it's great. amazing. Yeah. I, I now nah, I saw it in the theater, That's great, yeah. and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's just as sweet as you would think she was, mm-hmm. but she went through so much controversy with her books, which I didn't know that because mm-hmm. you know we were eleven. Yeah. We didn't know, but she went through a lot of book banning controversy mm-hmm. that's going on right now. Yeah, she it was, was crazy. She was interviewed by Annie Cohen on Watch What Happens Live. Yes. And she went on about that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I don't know how old she is, but she looks terrific. She does look terrific. She's in her early 80s. She's so cute. Shut up. She's so cute. She <laughs> owns her own bookstore mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah. She is the cutest. I loved her. I love her. I loved her books when I was young, and I loved this documentary. So, again, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we need to make a date to see Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Yes, yes, because that just came out. Yeah. It just came out. Yeah. Another movie I saw, um, another documentary, it was about Little Richard, and it was called Little Richard, I Am Everything. Um, you can, like, rent it on YouTube, and it's also on Amazon Prime now, and it was fantabulous because he was such he was such a player in what music is right now Elvis yes most definitely him above Elvis after you watch this documentary he was fabulous and then lastly I saw a documentary called Ellis and um it's it's about Ellis Marsalis Jr who is the father of Winton and Branford Marsalis and four other sons that he has and the father was a pianist and educator and it was an amazing amazing documentary so it was really fun to see all three of those movies okay awesome So you know how I like to go back on my Facebook memories. So the other day, um, on the same day, um, well, the same date, 
Um, the first one was a fun day of food, friends, and musical theater, and I went to go see Oliver. When no, when was this though? What year? This was in twenty twenty. This was last year. Oh, a year ago. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and this was in Cleburne. This really cool theater, um, Plaza Community Theater or Plaza something. Uh huh. It's, it's a great family run theater. Um, they do great shows, but and for those who don't live here in Dallas, Cleburne is like an hour away. Yeah, you know? I mean it's not a real close like little neighborhood. Yeah, so we we drove a ways away for it because I really wanted to see Oliver, and then in 2017 on the same date, me and Doug went to go see Sweeney Todd on um, off Broadway, and I'm showing a. I'm showing a Lyle on my phone. That's Carolee Carmelo. Oh, who I love. Who you love. Who is currently in Bad Cinderella. Yes. And is amazing. Yes, yes. And I had another picture of uh, Norm Lewis, which is not on my phone right now. But yeah, I think I talked about this on uh, another podcast episode. It was a small theater. And... Norm Lewis, oh, he's actually in the background of this picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which you listeners cannot see, sorry. But we, <laughs> but we could post it on our Mark and Lyle of Broadway on yes. Instagram. So yes. we'll send you this picture, guys. Just uh, wait and see. Yeah, it was a small theater, so they were just in the lobby hanging out. So we got to talk to them. Now, I'm so jealous of that. So coincidentally, I am leaving for New York tomorrow to see Oliver and Sweeney Todd. That that is so funny. The serendipity of that date. That's really speaking of serendipity. You need to go to Serendipity and get a frozen hot chocolate. Yes, yes. You I need do. to do that. But I, that's crazy. Out. It's I the know. same day. I know. And a few days ago, on my memories was when me and Doug went to go see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which we hated, by the way, but. It was at the Lunt Fontaine Theater, which is where Sweeney Todd is being performed. Oh, at. wow. Coincidence after coincidence, it's mind boggling. It's a lot of serendipity it's right a there. A lot of serendipity. And so have a frozen hot chocolate, please. I will. With John Cusack. Wasn't with John, yes. Oh, gosh. Yes, he was. He was as. He looked as delicious as the frozen hot chocolate ah, looked, for were- sure. And I had one. I. It had been on my list for a while, and I went and had one when I was there in March, and it was the size of my head, and but I slurped it down, and I enjoyed every, every, every slurp of it. I love it. I've been to Serendipity before with my ex-boyfriend um, years ago, and... Did you have the frozen hot chocolate? I don't remember. I, I, think, I, I think we had breakfast, and I think the breakfast, oh, really? like... The plates were, like, humongous. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, it was, like, $17 for the frozen hot chocolate. It's definitely something that you would share with someone else. Yeah. And I didn't realize how gigantic it was going to be. So you were a big old pig and ate it yourself. I did. I looked at it, and I was like, uh, challenge accepted, Lila. (laughs) And then I went to go see Wicked. And then later that night, I saw some like it hot. So I would say on all counts, I had a great day that day. That is a great day. I had a great, great day. That's a great day. Yeah. All right. So today, let's jump in. We're going to be talking about, um, the most, uh, recent show that we saw, which was the non-equity touring production of Tootsie, That just rolled in and out of Dallas. So, as we know, Tootsie is based on the 1982 film. And listen to this cast. Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lange, Terry Garr, Dabney Coleman, Bill Murray. 
this is what the 80s is made of. Mm -hmm. Like, these people made the 80s with these great movies. Uh, The movie revolves around Michael Dorsey, who was an out-of-work actor with a reputation for being difficult and being a perfectionist. He can't land a job, um, and a part opens up on a daytime soap called Southwest General. Um, And the twist is that the part is for a female role, the hospital administrator, Emily Kimberly. We then meet Michael's female persona, named Dorothy Michaels, (laughs) who auditions for the role, eventually gets it, and then from there, hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. Mm -hmm. It was such a great movie. I absolutely loved that movie. came out in 1982, as you said. So I was 15. I was in the 8th or ninth grade. I think it... Oh, I know. Yes. It came out in December of 82. The same year as Annie the movie came out. Oh, really? Oh, same year. Yes, ma'am. Well, I was in the... If my notes are correct, I was in the ninth grade. And I absolutely loved that movie. It was so original. It was not a remake. It was just... Hilarious, Dustin Hoffman. I mean, he was in his prime of all these movies a couple years earlier. He had been the lead in Kramer versus Kramer with Meryl Streep. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And Dabney Coleman was in it. Nine and that way he was in nine to five. Yeah. And Terry Garr and Bill Murray and uh, Jessica Lang, gorgeous Jessica Lang. It was a stellar cast, as you said a minute ago, and walked through. And the, just the movie itself was so, so funny. So I was very curious to see how it would play out on stage, how it could translate to stage. And I and I actually re-watched it three years ago when we were all in COVID lockdown. I went back and I watched some old movies I hadn't seen in a while and saw some things I had never seen, i.e. The Sound of Music. Uh, which, which took you 10 days to watch. Which took me, I think, all of 2020 to watch, yes. <laughs> um, but I watched a Tootsie one night and I was like, wow, this totally holds up. And it, I mean, obviously now it being 2023, you're going to have to change some things. You just are. But it really held up. It was still hilarious. And these were great actors. Yeah, I want to go ahead and rewatch that because I probably haven't seen it since 1982. And I was very young back then. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I think people are saying that it's kind of problematic these days, but I, I don't remember. Like, it was so long ago. So, who knows? So, um, let's talk about the musical a little bit. Sure. Um, so, it premiered on Broadway in previews March 29th and 2019 at the Marquee Theater. Opening night was April 23rd of that same year, and then it closed January 5th of 2020. So, it didn't really have a super, super long run. Um, the musical starred Santino Fontana and Lily Cooper. Um, music and lyrics by David Yazbek, book with Robert Horn. It was nominated for 10, no, 10 Tony Awards. It won two. Uh, best book of a musical and best performance by a leading male actor in a musical, which went to uh, Santino Fontana. Um, in the musical, they changed it around a little bit. So he's not auditioning for a soap opera, but he's auditioning for a, uh, a musical called Juliet's Curse. Yeah, I love that. That it was a, that they changed it to a Broadway show mm-hmm. instead of the soap opera. So they, mm-hmm. they modernized it. They yeah. modernized that piece yeah, of absolutely. it. absolutely. 
Yeah, and it was it started out being called I, I loved how clever they were. Juliet's curse mm-hmm. and then it became Juliet's, Juliet's nurse. nurse. And I thought that that was really clever. Mm-hmm. Um and I so you and I did not see it together, mm-hmm. and I saw it two different times. Mm-hmm. And the reason I saw it two different times, one of the times I was on the floor, the first time I saw it, I was on the floor, but I was quite a, quite a ways back. And he fell asleep a few And times. I did. I did. I was super <laughs> sleepy. I went with my friend Shannon, and I was super sleepy. And I just didn't feel like I could give it the right respect by, and by talking about it on our podcast having seen it just that once. So then yesterday I went back and I sat about eight rows back and it was great. It was great. I was really glad that I did that. I was able to pick up some things I'd not picked up. I really enjoyed the male lead. Okay. His, uh, his name is Drew Becker. I liked him a lot and I liked him more yesterday than I did the first time I saw it. You see, I didn't like him. I didn't think he did. I didn't, think he was a good Michael Dorsey because the character of Michael Dorsey as you know in my synopsis you know it's difficult to work with um he's a perfectionist he can't land a job he's he's aggressive he's kind of a jerk and he didn't I didn't get that from his characterization of the role I didn't um like he was okay as Michael Dorsey and he was he, he was, was fun, difficult he, he was, as Michael Dor- he was very difficult because he 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 kept overthinking things. He would overthink things. But I I I understand what you're saying. Because he, he didn't he didn't feel the way the way Dustin Hoffman played it. Yeah. He didn't play it that way. And, and I didn't expect him to because he's making this role his own, but I just I wanted more aggressive, a more New York, uh just you know, just jerky and I don't know, just I, I just wanted more of an a-hole. You know, I wanted to be okay. an a-hole. So people are like, we don't want to work with Michael, you know? So I didn't see that. And my other problem with him is when he was Dorothy Michaels, his female persona, when he sang, it's... I don't even know how to put it into words. But it, well, it was weak and it was thin. And it kind of hurt to listen to him do it. Wow, really? Yeah, like it was just like... It was difficult to listen to him, like, try to sing because, I don't know, I just, I'm not He just not didn't sure. do it for you. It just wasn't strong enough. Uh, like, I gotcha. Like, I really wanted him to have the, the strong, you know, female-sounding voice because there are males that have a really high, strong range, and it was just very thin and weak for me. So, it, it's like I was straining. That's what it was. I was kind of straining to listen to him, and I was in the third row. So wow, yeah. Okay. So See, I just didn't I, love that. I I didn't. There definitely is something to be said, and you and I have talked about this before. For sitting closer in a show, and I really feel like I got, as I said, I got more out of it yesterday, being eight rows back. But I was able to feel better about the way he played his character yesterday. I felt a lot better, and. You and I have spoken about this with other shows we've gone to where maybe we've seen the show a couple of times. Like I went and saw Into the Woods, which Dallas Theater Center uh, was performing in April. And I went and saw it a second time. And I was talking to you about how much I liked certain characters. And you said, yeah, it sounds like they've really grown into their roles and they own those roles. And I feel like that with Drew, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say that about him as well. He felt stronger yesterday when I when I saw him up on stage, and I really was much more engaged with him and receiving of what he brought to the role than I was when I saw it sure. a, a, a week and a half sure. prior. But how long has, has he been touring with this role? How long has he had this part? He should have grown into it by now. <laughs> yeah, and that's a truth. That's a truth. Yeah. And then it's part of the fun of us doing this podcast mm. is that we can go to the same show and that we weren't there on the same night and we can, I can see an apple and you can see an orange. Oh, and we've sat right next to each other. Yes. And you saw an apple and I saw an exactly. orange. Exactly. So, yeah. No, exactly. But I, but I really felt like that he, so I mean, we're going to disagree on this. Of course. I felt like that there was a strength there. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I was disappointed in the female lead. Mm -hmm. She, her, her name is Ashley Alexandra, and she has a beautiful voice, a beautiful voice. But at times I figuratively felt like it was pulling teeth to get more strength out of her in that role, to get a stronger voice that would deliver the role. Sure. And again, she had a beautiful voice. I loved listening to her sing. Sure. But I didn't feel like there was enough strength for the character. Sure. And I saw the understudy, so I didn't see Ashley. So let me ask you this. Did she have an accent? Like, did she have like a British accent? No. Because I saw the understudy, and first of all, she's on stage for a while, she started talking, and all of a sudden this accent comes out of nowhere. A British accent? It was like British... Yeah, it was European-esque, British. Okay, that's weird. It came out of nowhere, and it kind of came and went. So I don't know if she's a British actress, and she just forgot that she was playing uh, a New Yorker. I don't know. Was she trying to be like Madonna back in the 90s? Yeah, exactly, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And her singing made me feel uncomfortable, too, because it felt like the songs were too low for her. Oh. So... Yeah, so I did not care for either of the leads, the male or female. Yeah. I just thought they were they were both weak and just not equipped to run a show. They to, didn't they didn't bring it show. all they didn't leave it all on the field. They did not leave it all on the field. But who did leave it on the field was most of the supporting cast. Oh my gosh. The supporting the, cast was amazing. The roommate. The roommate. The roommate. The roommate. Jared David Michael Grant was the roommate Jeff. And every time he was on stage, I mean, I was a thousand percent alert. Oh, and absolutely. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for whatever he was going to say, whatever he was going to sing, whatever his physical cues were going to be. He was hilarious. I 100% agree with that. When he was on stage, your eyes were there because his lines were funny, the way he said his lines, his facial expressions, his eye rolls, everything was spot on. Spot on. And it had to be. Like You had to have some comedy when, in my opinion, the two main roles were just boring as white toast. I I hear you. I didn't. I I very. I will say this. I very much felt like, and I and I wish you had been able to see this. But I I loved the chemistry that he had with Drew with Michael Dorsey. They had amazing chemistry, and Sandy, the played by Peyton Riley. She was phenomenal. She was she funny. Was so she was so funny. Her. Physical 
presence and comedy was great. Her singing was great. She was awesome. I mean, if if they could have made Tootsie with those three leads, I I I would have really I, I would have really like that. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, no, but no, I get it. No, she she's a great comedic actress. Like her comedic timing was was on point. Um, the song she sang was funny, but they kept on reprising it and reprising it, which was you know it was just, just the repetition got yeah. a little old. And, and, and a reprise is fine, but it just seemed like they re- reprised it like five or six times, and it was just like. You know, beating a dead horse. It was funny the first three times. Let's get it over with. But she was she was great. She was fun. She was really good, and yeah. she was great from start to finish. Oh yeah, the it wasn't it, her. it. She didn't peter out. No, absolutely not. No, she she was phenomenal for sure. But I, I have to tell you, as I, I can't say enough, that roommate. Whenever he came out, he I just oh um, my everyone's eyes were on him, and this is no offense whatsoever to Bill Murray. Because I loved Bill Murray in the original movie, but I don't remember his character being as funny as this character was in this production. Well, I may not have written as funny, and it's you know just it's it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges because I think they really made a lot of uh, liberties when they uh, wrote this play. Okay, yeah. I can see that yeah. it was. I I did think a lot of Bill Murray as I was watching this, but uh, the the. The Jeff that we saw, phenomenal. Yeah, he was he was great. I love Max Van Horn. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. The reality star who's in the play. Oh so he, I think he was stunt casting. I think in the play of Juliet's Curse, Max Van Horn was the the was stunt casting because I don't think he's very talented. You know, you know Max Van Horn. I mean, the actor who played Max Van Horn. First of all, gorgeous. Yes. I love... Abs of Steel. Abs of Steel, absolutely. And funny. And he, too, had just great comedic timing. Yes. You know, if if you are funny and you're very good looking, those are, you know, two big checks for me. He was this this, uh, cast insertion of just... Like you said, you know, he was a reality star. Yeah. His character was a reality in the show, star. In the show. In the, yes. Yeah. And you just, just, he was. Just whenever his face, just when he showed up on stage, you were like, oh gosh, what's he going to say well, now? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. What hilarity is going to ensue now? I was just thinking this, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> he was so great. Yeah, no, he was really good. And I loved the director, Ron Carlyle, the director of uh, Juliet's Curse. Um, he was hilarious. Now, he was British. He, you know, he, he would definitely know the, the character was British. He yes. had a definite British accent. Um, he was just so funny throughout and just so big and just silly and dramatic and he was over, over the top he was over the top and I loved every second of it I just loved him now, the gentleman who played Ron mm-hmm. the uh, director um, is Adam Duplessis mm-hmm. and yeah he was he was really funny he and he he was he was sexist but oh, he just yeah. he definitely was different again you can't help but make comparisons and think about it. He definitely played it differently than Dabney Coleman did, mm. but you just 
He's another character that you loved when he came out on stage. Sure, sure. And I love the woman who played the agent. She was your typical New York, you know, talent agent. Just hilarious. And, you know, she stole some scenes, too. When she came out, you're like, she's got it. And she she was not, if you counted the minutes she was in the the production, they weren't very many. Oh, no. But the minute, but when she was in it, it was like less is more. No, absolutely. She was, her minutes were perfect. Absolutely. She she delivered what she needed to deliver. Yeah, I'm like, she's kind of like the Mrs. Cratchit of Gypsy, you know, the, in the, where they're auditioning for Grant Sucker's, um, um, vaudeville show uh-huh. she has like you know five lines and she just nailed each one of them yes. with her comedic timing and boom it's a small part but you remember it you know they always say there's no small parts to small actors um, which I don't always agree with but in this case it definitely is you know absolutely true yes she she was very uh, she was really enjoyable to watch in her uh, role for yeah, sure I definitely agree with that so what about, what did you think of the ensemble? Sometimes the ensemble, like when we were talking about A Beautiful Noise, um, the story of Neil Diamond, the ensemble was as strong as any of the major cast. Sure. They were they were in your face. They were wonderful, beautiful, uh, very magnetic. What did you think of the ensemble with this show? Well, I thought the ensemble was fine, but it's they didn't really have great material to work with. Like, when you left the theater, you weren't humming songs from Tootsie because you couldn't remember any of them. There were no hummers out there. You know, there were no just great, you know, dingers or whatever you want to call them. It just wasn't, it wasn't a great score. It wasn't a memorable score. So I think the ensemble was fine. There were no standouts. They were funny. They were fun. It was, they were fine, but... I think it's the material they had to work with. I don't think that they were, you know, I don't think it was poor casting. No. I just think the material that they had to work with was just, eh. I was, so, yesterday when I was, when I saw the show, um, I particularly was paying attention to the ensemble because I wanted to bring them up because now, seeing such a strong ensemble in a beautiful noise, now I look more at the ensemble than I used to. Um, that's sort of a, a just a yardstick, if you will. But I love that. I love that you are looking at theater differently when you're watching shows. Yes. I, I, I love that because I've definitely seen, you know, the your exploration of theater. Yes. I have a front row seat to it, and it's lovely. Aw, thanks, Mark. I'll lend you that $50 that you were asking me for <laughs> earlier. Okay, the answer is yes. Okay. Um, but I... I, I liked the ensemble. At the beginning, I was like, uh, with the ensemble, I was kind of lukewarm. But but they were, what I liked about it, them, was that they were woven through so many scenes that really they were, like, they were changing out um, the, scenery. Um, the scenery, the sets. You know, it was going from the subway to... Uh, to the apartment that Jeff and Michael have, uh, to the the Broadway theater, and they were a part of that, and they were woven into that. And there was, like I said, I was paying more attention to them, and they were good dancers, and they were, uh, they seemed to, 
be flexible with their parts. I don't know if that's the right word, but I enjoyed them more than I, uh, I paid attention to them more and I enjoyed them more than I have with ensembles in other shows. Okay. I'll put it that way. That's fair. That's fair. Absolutely. I definitely like the sets. I love, it's no surprise to anyone. I love, love, love New York. And so I loved all the, the backdrops and just all the things about New York. They talked about like, like the agent. I mean, she was pretty insufferable at times. And I just loved yeah. also them being yeah. on the subway and being outside in a park. Yeah. So I really loved that. Yeah, speaking of the sets, in that first scene where they bring the agent out, I don't know the name of this piece of equipment, but they brought her out in this piece of equipment that looks like something that would be used in a warehouse. Like it had like this long stem to it and they just kind of like pushed her in and then pulled her back out. And I've never seen that before on stage, but this is a non-equity, so who knows? I, it, it was just different. I was like, that looks like, not like a set changer. This looks like someone that using a warehouse. Okay, I can't even remember that. Yeah, it was a, uh, like if you're facing this stage, it was like on the, the right-hand side. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I was too busy waiting for Jeff to come out on stage Maybe. to notice that. That's, that's, I don't know. That's possible. Your new boyfriend, Jeff. <laughs> My new boyfriend, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I really, I'm, I'm really glad I went. I'm very glad that I saw it twice to really absorb all of it. Sure. And to also appreciate Drew as the lead more than I did the first time sure. I saw it. And, and I'm happy for you. I'm glad that, you know, you really enjoyed the show. I just thought it was very, you know, mediocre. I, I didn't hate the show. Um, I didn't love the show. Um, everybody's posting about it on Facebook because everybody on my Facebook was there over the last two weeks. Same here. And I yes. always make a point, hey, let me know your thoughts. And most people had literally the same thoughts as myself. They're like, it was cute. It wasn't an amazing show. The, the leads were mediocre, you know, and I thought the leads were mediocre and I thought the entire supporting cast was fantastic. Yes. I, so like you, um, when I post, so I post on Facebook when I go to shows and like you, I had lots of friends posting, they were there too. And then people would comment on my post and really my friends, they were all over the board. So, and I, I will tell you, when I went to see it the first time, I went in with very low expectations. Part of that being that I love the movie so much. And so sometimes that can actually sort of be a curse mm -hmm. to you as a show attendee because you have this big expectation, like, oh my gosh, I love the movie so much. What can even compare? Sure. And I made sure to tell myself, Go in with a low expectation. Go in, don't don't expect something, uh, you know, Tony worthy. So that you, if it's if it's not as great as the movie, that you're going to be so disappointed. And guess what? It's not the movie, yeah. and it's not 1982. Yeah. So I, even though I did sneeze, snooze a little bit, uh, well, more than a little bit, of the first act, the first time I saw it, I still very much liked it. And obviously, as I said, I liked it a lot more when I went yesterday. Sure, yeah. And the, your point with, uh, you know, seeing the movie first and uh, going into a show with low expectations. So the two 
movies that come to my mind that have been turned into musicals are Mean Girls and Legally Blonde. And these are movies, these are two movies that I love. Yes. That I can watch over and over again. And Same here. And I'm a huge fan. And I love both of those musicals. I, I didn't go in with, I don't think, well, yeah, I, don't, I don't think I went in with any expectation because when I saw Mean Girls, it was still their, their out-of-town tryout in D.C. Oh, okay. Um, and then when I saw Legally Blonde, I think it was a touring production in Phoenix, but I, I didn't know what to expect, but they're both great musicals, you know? Yes. I, I don't agree with every movie being turned into a musical, and I'm not 100% sure that Tootsie needed to be um, turned into a musical, uh, but Me Girls and Legally Blonde are two great shows. They're I mean, great. I like the scores for both those shows are great. They're hummable tunes. They're bangers. The script is great. The scripts are a little bit a little bit updated, especially for Mean Girls, and it it, it just it just they're great shows. The, I saw they're, Mean they're, Girls when it came through yeah, last it, year as well. Broadway Downs, and, and I saw it my high school, my old high school. My right. alma mater put it on yeah. last October, and it was phenomenal. I was with my friend Lisa, and we looked at each other about ten minutes in, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, what was our?" Uh, was our theater department this good when we were in high school? Yeah, they did a great yeah, job. Yeah, I've seen some high school shows that are so good. I was like, our high school shows were awful compared to this. But there's different technology. There's different, you know, skill sets now when it comes to stage. True. You know, these kids could really sing because they, they they emulate what they see on YouTube or what have you. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, projections and, you know, there's, there's so many... Things that could really elevate a high school musical that we just didn't yes. have in the 80s when we were in high school. And in particular, <laughs> I like that you mentioned it, technology. Absolutely. And also the kids, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have social media. We didn't have any of this. No. We didn't have, you, you had a phone in your bedroom if you were lucky. If you're lucky. That, yeah. that was it. But so I, th- I see what you're saying. Hey, did Tootsie need to be made into a musical? Mm, I don't know. But I will say this. At least on my end, not that we ever say thumbs up or thumbs down, but I definitely give it a thumbs up. I Whereas I will say that Pretty Woman, that came through a month or so ago. And based on some things that people told me and that you told me also from last year, I thought to myself, I don't even going in with low expectations, I thought to myself, I don't want to go in and see it. Whereas... Even though I went in not expecting what the movie would be for Tootsie, I knew that I was looking forward to it because I did love the movie yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love Dustin Hoffman in the lead so Sure, much. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, going back to Pretty Woman, it should not have been made as a musical. And I saw it with Samantha Barks as uh, the as Vivian. And I love her. I'm obsessed with her just w- from when she was... Uh, um, actually, I remember she was on that uh, reality show... Um, on the BBC where she was uh, vying to be the next Nancy and Oliver. And oh. then she was in Les Mis as Eponine. And she she's phenomenal. And I love her. And the the show was awful. The, the Pretty Woman should not have been made into a musical. The score it's was written by Brian Adams. You know, he knows his music. And yes. it's, it's a fine score, it doesn't match, like, the theme of, of the show at all. And 
everybody going in or coming out of Pretty Woman was like, the score was terrible. The show was terrible. I never need to see this again. <laughs> yeah, so there, there are some movies that shouldn't be made into musicals. Yeah, but not every movie should. No, not every movie should, but, you know, I, I don't know the number of... I, I would like to count, not write the second listeners, but, but one day I want to count, you know, how many musicals were once movies, mostly from the 80s. Mm-hmm. There's dozens of them. Yes. Some of them are really good. Some of them aren't. I didn't think Tootsie was great. Um, am I disappointed that I, you know, am I disappointed that I saw it? No. It was, you know, it was an okay night of entertainment, but uh, I wouldn't highly recommend it to anybody. But the way I think, go see it for yourself. I didn't like it. You enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Make your own opinion. You know, if, if, if Tootsie comes to your city, go ahead and watch it. You know, there are some fun moments or some great supporting cast. But all in all, I thought it was a maybe a six and a half. Okay. Yeah. And I would give it I would give it about an eight point two. Okay. I would give it that. 8. I will say 2. an eight point two. <laughs> I've been watching this guy who reviews food. Uh and he lives in LA and he will review it and he'll go, I give this a six point four. I give this a six point seven. And I like that. I like that it's not just a six or a okay. seven or an eight or what okay. have you. I will say, I will uh finish out talking about Tootsie on this note, there was, did you remember the part of Tootsie where, hey, it's Dorothy Michaels and the Broadway show is doing really well and she, uh, there's a part of the musical where she's dressed up in all these pretty sparkling dresses and these marquees, these lit up marquees come out and they say, oh, uh, you know, Dorothy Michaels starring in The Sound of Music, yes. starring it. And I thought of that you because uh, there was one for Gypsy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought of you. I was like, oh, they they thought of Mark when they did yeah, this. that was cute. So Thank I figured you. you would enjoy that. Thank you, creators of Tootsie. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, Lila, it is that time for our curtain call where we say goodbye and take our bows. But before we do, we want to invite you to send us an email. Let us know if you have any suggestions for future podcasts or if you just want to tell us how great we are and how much you love us. Give us give us higher than a 6.2. <laughs> we also have an email address, markandlyla at yahoo.com. And that's Mark with a C. C, yes. And Lila, L-I-L-A at yahoo.com. Yes. And please check out our Instagram page also. It's Mark and Lila Let Broadway. And if you like this podcast, or even if you don't like this podcast, tell a friend and uh, share our information with them. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.